Hello, and welcome to Behind the Mic, Conversations of Hope. I am Tammy Stone, and I wanted to introduce today's guest because her topic is so extremely important. It's also been very controversial in our society, especially during this election. Abby Johnson educates the public on pro-life issues, advocates for the unborn, and reaches out to abortion clinic staff who still work in the industry. She is the founder of And Then There Were None, a ministry designed to assist abortion clinic workers in transitioning out of the industry. Abby was a speaker during the 2020 Republican National Convention, and she has authored books on the topic of abortion, including her book, Unplanned, that was also made into a movie of the same title. This week is a pivotal time for our nation as we go to the polls. Regardless of your stance on this position, I hope that you will listen as my husband Mike sits down with Abby Johnson to have a conversation on the important topic of abortion from behind the mic. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. So excited. You've been very busy lately. And uh, I think the last time I saw you uh, was on TV at the Republican National Convention. I was so excited to see you there and, and speaking out on this, this topic. Yeah, that was definitely a, uh, it was a pretty amazing experience. Uh, once, once in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, in your speech, uh, you stated, I watched that again, and you stated that nearly 80% of Planned Parenthood facilities are located in minority neighborhoods. Can you talk about why you believe that's happening? Well, I mean, it's an effective business model for Planned Parenthood, right? I mean, go after the low-income uh, population. Uh, the The minority population is, um, I mean, unfortunately, a, a lower-income population. And so that's the population that is generally going to be on government subsidy programs like Medicaid. So you know, it's a business decision for them. So they're not about, you know, being in a position where they say, oh, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's build programs, let's have structured programs to help get this population out of, you know, this poverty that they're yeah. in, right? Yeah. Uh, we want to continue to keep them enslaved on the government dole um, for decades, for generations. And so we're going to put our clinics in these in these areas and not do anything to help them rise up out of that poverty to help help them rise out of this impoverished situation that they're in we're going to help keep them enslaved in it yeah yeah so um now i i try to refrain anybody that listens to the podcast knows i try to refrain from talking about politics in the podcast but man i'll tell you this issue of abortion has become a very divisive topic during this election um i've stated personally, that I think abortion is first and foremost a moral issue. But do you believe that there are any legitimate reasons for considering abortion? I don't. And, um, you know, there's actually a, a post going around today uh, where, you know, this woman is, is uh, you know, saying, oh, I was 25 weeks pregnant and I, you know, I had to have an abortion. I needed to have an abortion. And she's saying that, 
uh, by her doctor inducing a C-section on her was considered an abortion in the state of Texas. And uh, not only is this legislatively incorrect, because I am a Texan, and so I know Texas law uh, inside and out, but it's medically inconsistent. Um, It's factually inconsistent. And this is what people are doing. And so while I, I grieve with her, Right, that she, you know, unfortunately lost a, a beautiful, precious child at 25 weeks That's gestation, right. um, and and as a mother, that that breaks my heart. Um, I'm I'm. It's even more tragic to use the life of this child and to use the death of this child as an opportunity to uh, mislead people into voting for the Democratic Party, a party that uh, that would use this child as leverage yeah. uh, to justify abortion uh, for for any and every reason. And so, you know, it, it's, it's heinous to me, actually, uh, to use a situation like that in order to justify uh, elective abortion. Um, but that's what's happening right now in our society is that people are, they're, they're not above lying. They're not above yeah. uh, using tragic situations like this. Um, they're they're not above being dishonest. Uh, they're not about spinning propaganda in order to gain votes. It's interesting to me. I, f- I feel very strongly the same way. But I'm I'm looking at some some statistics on uh, Wikipedia about abortion in the United States and and reasons that people give or reasons that women give for having an abortion just astound me. Um, one of the top reasons is having a baby would dramatically change my life. I cannot afford a baby right now. I don't want to be a single mother or have relationship problems. All those things seem very preventable to me <laughs> from the get-go. And I feel like it's just, it, it so drastically devalues human life just to say, it's, this is an inconvenience for me right now. And I know you feel very strongly the same way. I'm just, I am just astounded at how, and I did see that post this morning, by the way, that, that mm-hmm. uh, you uh, forwarded and then commented on. And um, it, there were inconsistencies in that. And yeah. uh, it did appear very much, at least to me, to be more propaganda than anything, um, certainly heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and just look at the statistics. Like, I, I'm going to have an abortion because a baby will change my life. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, a baby will absolutely change your life, <laughs> yeah. even if that baby is planned. That's uh, right. Even if that baby is is very wanted. Uh, even if that baby is 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 in a uh, coming into a home where the parents are married, where they are financially stable, uh, where you know every checkbox is checked. Um, that baby will change your life, and. Yeah. Uh, just because something is is just because a baby will change your life uh, does not mean that does not give you the right to take the life of that innocent human being. Yeah. Um, and and again, I mean, these are things that you know we should consider before engaging in activity that could create. That's right. Uh, a unique and individual human being. <laughs> Yeah. So this yeah, is all totally. this is all very preventable. Yeah, like you I, said, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> we all know how babies are made, right? Yeah. I mean, we all learn that at a very young age. Yeah. So we can all uh, discern uh, whether or not we want to engage in behavior uh, that can that can create uh, an innocent life. 
Yeah, and I think we've talked a lot in the podcast about consequences, you know, and that's mm-hmm. just certainly a consequence. You know, if you're in a situation where you don't want a child and that happens, that's a consequence of your choices. And I don't think that, that should be an option. Uh, abortion should be an option in that situation. I want to I want to ask on this on this subject. I want to ask. We we hear a lot about rape victims. Mm-hmm. We also hear a lot about um, health concerns for the mother. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on those two issues? You know, it's interesting. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, rape is a, a an exception that comes up. Uh, it's it is the exception that pro choicers use to excuse all elective abortion, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, abortion in cases of rape makes up about 1% right. of why abortions take place. However, uh, there have actually been peer-reviewed research done on this very topic. And there's a woman uh, named Dr. McCorn. And uh, she's not a, she's not a, a pro-life activist or anything like that. She's just a researcher. And she has done uh, some research surrounding this topic. And she looked at women who conceived in rape and then looked at their choices. She looked at whether they chose to uh, have an abortion, parent their child, or make a parenting plan choosing adoption. Mm-hmm. And what she was looking at was their emotional health after each one of those choices. And what she found, uh, I think, was was shocking for some people, um, not for pro-lifers, I don't think, but I think shocking for some people. She found that women who choose to place their children for adoption or choose to parent their own children fare emotionally better significantly better than those who choose to have an abortion. Yeah. And she surmises that it's because the child brings uh, a tremendous amount of healing into the life of the woman who was traumatized, but also because the, the incident of rape, so the instance itself of rape is, is of course traumatizing to the woman, both sure. physically and emotionally. Yeah. But then the act of abortion, these women found re-traumatized them. Wow. So it re-traumatized both their bodies and it re-traumatized them emotionally. It brought no healing to them whatsoever. And now they're having to not only heal from the trauma of the rape, but now they're having to heal from the trauma of the abortion. Yeah, And so for me, as a woman who says, I am pro-life, but I am also pro-woman, I cannot, in good conscience then, knowing what I know about the research that's been done, say that I would ever uh, tell a woman who has conceived from rape that she should have an abortion after that traumatic event because I know what the statistics say. I know what the research says. And I also know that never in any other instance do we punish a child for the crimes of their parent. That's right. Never. Yeah. This is the only case where where we where we ever say well uh the father did something wrong so we're going to then kill the innocent child 
for yeah. the crime or the sin of the father. And, you know, in very simple terms, for those of us who are pro-life, I mean, either you're pro-life or you're not. Yeah. Either you believe that a child in the womb has inherent dignity and human value and, and human worth, or it doesn't. Yeah. The, the way that a child is conceived really has no bearing. It's either a human life or it's not a human life. That's right. That's a good point. I want to talk really briefly. Um, in, in two past episodes, we spoke with Lori Turno, who's an executive director at a local women's resource center, and Tony Brubaker, who's also an executive director at a local pregnancy center. Both of them spoke out against abortion, but Tony spoke firsthand about dealing with the weight of having multiple past abortions. It's kind of what we're talking about here. What what is your uh, what are your thoughts on that? How do how do women deal with that? Do you? I mean, you're around this a lot. You saw this in the past with Planned Parenthood. Um, do you have any advice on that? Well, look. I mean, you know, um, I, you know, I'm a woman who's had two abortions myself. I've participated in over twenty two thousand abortions. And, you know, people say, gosh, you know, how do you how do you move on from something like that? And yeah. I tell people all the time, it takes practice. Um, it takes practice, remembering, reminding yourself that God is all forgiving, all merciful, yeah. all right. loving. That's right. Um, but he is also just. And it doesn't mean that I, I go without consequences for my actions. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that um, we don't have consequences for the sins that we commit. Um, but uh, he's also merciful, and he's also quick to forgive. And so, um, but, you know, that takes practice, reminding yourself yeah. that, you know, uh, day after day, and making the conscious decision, you know, whether you want to live in your past sin, whether you want to live in the place where, you know, uh, Satan loves. I mean, gosh, our past is that's Satan's playground, right? Because oh, that's the place that we we For can't whatever change. Whatever the sin, yeah. I mean, we we can't change our past, right? That's right. Um, but uh, God gives us this gift of the present. He gives us the gift of today, yeah. and uh, we can choose to use our past sins and allow Him to to do something beautiful with them and to glorify him in his name. And sometimes that's easier, a lot of times that's easier said than done, but you know, people have to give themselves grace and and know that you're gonna mess up and some days you're gonna wallow in that past and some days you're gonna be really sad and and you're gonna, you know, I don't know, drink too much wine or sit around and eat too much cheesecake or whatever you do, (laughs) right? Um, But give yourself grace and, and know that God's still waiting. I think that's great advice. Grace is is sufficient regardless of mm-hmm. what we're talking about, and uh, that's a great reminder. Um, I want to go back really quickly. You know, it, it appears right now that Judge Amy Coney Barrett is about to be confirmed on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. There are concerns from the left that this is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Would that be an end all to abortion in the U.S.? And what's your take on that situation? So it does appear that she's going to be um, confirmed onto the Supreme Court, which is uh, very exciting. Um, You know, uh, yes, we want to see uh, Roe overturned, but uh, what a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't understand what that means. So um, it's good, it's good to ask that question. So uh, what that means is that abortion would go back to a state's decision. 
which is really where it should have been in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be a state's decision. So about half of the states in the United States, we believe, would make abortion illegal. Um, and some states already have laws in place, um, whether it's on their state constitution or they have uh, laws called tr- called trigger ban, uh, trigger bans um, that are already set up so that if Roe is overturned, then abortion automatically becomes illegal in their mm, state. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's already set up in some places, um, in some states. And so uh, basically, if Roe is overturned, it goes back to the states, and the states then make the decision. And in some states, it's going to require a ballot. It's going to require a ballot vote where the people decide. And in some states, it's going to be done through the legislature. Good to know, because that looks like it is coming. Um, I want to talk about uh, your organization. You founded and your CEO of an organization called And Then There Were None. Um, first of all, can you tell us about what what all you guys do? And for anybody out there who's in the situation that you guys really kind of primarily focus on, how can your organization help them? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I found it and then there were none in 2012 after looking around the pro-life movement and recognizing that there were uh, there was no ministry out there specifically reaching out to abortion clinic workers, people who were currently in the abortion industry and wanting to leave or people who had already left the abortion industry maybe decades ago, but had never received healing from their time working in the abortion industry. And we had, I mean, gosh, just dozens and hundreds of post-abortion ministries for women, for men, uh, for grandparents. I mean, so many ministries. We've got fantastic crisis pregnancy centers all across the country, over 2,500 of them. We have so many fantastic ministries um, in the pro-life movement. But this was really a missing puzzle piece in the pro-life movement. Uh, Nobody was reaching out to abortion clinic workers. And so I started this ministry in 2012, not really knowing how successful it would be or if it would be successful at all. I mean, you're asking people who have worked in the abortion clinic to trust people in the pro-life movement. Exactly. Um, You know, are they going to do that or not? I didn't know. Um, But uh, now we've been at this for about eight years, and we've seen right at 600 abortion clinic workers leave their jobs. And it's not just about getting them a new job, right? This is really about helping them heal. Um, helping them uh, find hope, but really ultimately helping them find new life in Christ. And we've been able to successfully do that with these 600 workers and uh, seven full-time abortion doctors who have wow. left their jobs. Um, so it's it's been really beautiful. I mean, people say, oh, what is this? You know, what's it like running a ministry like that? And I tell people it's it's like watching a miracle. Um, I've, I've watched 600 miracles take place. And yeah. uh, it's been it's been really beautiful and just such a honor to even be a part of something like that that God's doing. Well, we're grateful you're doing that. Now, my, my first, um, I, I guess my first knowledge of you was through the Unplanned movie. Sure. Uh, where, you know, kind of walked through your story. And uh, my wife and I, for, for reference, my wife and I went through 15, almost 15 years of infertility mm-hmm. before we adopted. And then uh, shortly after that, we're able to conceive and and, uh, have a son as well. So all of those 15 years of hearing about people aborting their children, um, of seeing those situations out there, really struck a chord in us because we wanted nothing more than a child in our family. And and we're seeing all these numbers and statistics of unwanted 
babies mm-hmm. that were just being tossed in the trash can, literally. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really where my heart is at on this. But I, I want to just uh, touch on. You have the book Unplanned, um, the mm-hmm. tr- dramatic true story of a former Planned Parenthood leader's eye-opening journey across the lifeline. Yeah, like longest subtitle ever. Yeah, it is. I like it though. <laughs> you don't you don't have to question what it's about, right? I love that. And then you also released a book in 2016, The Walls Are Talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to, as we wind this up, that you can give us. Uh, website reference things to go to to get more information about your ministry about your books uh, the movie Um, obviously you can go online and find much of that but i want to give you an opportunity there Uh, you know we have a broad listener audience um christians we have Mm -hmm. people that are seekers we probably have people that don't agree with what we're talking about here great so really yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) and and really really broad audience but what what are final thoughts do you want to leave with us you know, um, abortion is is the most important issue of our time. There is no other issue that is more devastating to our nation, more devastating to the human person than abortion. Uh, over a million innocent human beings are killed every single year by abortion, and there's no other tragedy in our nation that even comes close to that much carnage, to that much mm. devastation. There are many issues that we can be concerned about, um, and there's many hot-button issues right now sure. uh, that, are, that are being directly put in our face. I mean, the, it's, it's like, you know, you turn the corner and, you know, no, this needs to be the most important thing we're thinking yeah. about. No, this, this needs to be. But look, at the end of the day, all of this comes back to one central problem, and that is the dehumanization of the human person. Yeah. That's where racism stems from. That's where uh, the destruction of the traditional family comes from. That's where child abuse comes from. That's where sex trafficking comes from. Wow. The root of that is all the dehumanization of the human person. Yeah. And at the central core of that is abortion. Because if we aren't willing to find the humanity in the most vulnerable among us. And there is no one more vulnerable than the unborn. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you can't even argue that. Right. There is no, there is no human being more vulnerable than the unborn. They literally have no voice. They literally have no way to defend themselves. If you aren't even willing to give them basic fundamental right, a basic fundamental right to life, then you can rest assured that other marginalized groups of people will not be valued either. Yeah. So if you really want to value other marginalized groups of people, minorities, immigrants, the elderly, then it must start with the most marginalized group of people, the most vulnerable, and that is the unborn. It will not go from the smallest groups to the biggest. It's yeah. going to go the opposite way. That's right. Very good. That's powerful. Um, Abby, where can we you – have, you have a couple websites I want you to give us. Um, and, and then where you can also – where we can also pick up your books and, um, and the movie as well. Sure, yeah. So um, my uh, website is uh, abbyj.com, so A-B-B-Y-J.com. 
Um, and then uh, people can get uh, probably the best place to get the movie uh, books is from Amazon. That's probably the cheapest place okay. uh, to get everybody can get everything from Amazon, right? Nothing that's uh, not on Amazon. <laughs> everything's on Amazon. <laughs> um, and then um, you can find out more about my ministry, and then there were none at abortionworker.com. And in the store link on abortionworker.com, we do have autographed copies of my books. If you wanted to get an autographed copy, sometimes people uh, will use those as gifts. Nice. Um, they'll give the, you know, Christmas time is coming up, so people yeah. will give those as gifts, or even in a silent auction, yeah. um, you know, at a, a raffle or something like that. Um, you can you can find those there, and Very also cool. unplanned is streaming on Amazon, so it's available there. Yes, I did see that, and I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, we've we've done that a couple of times already. So, Abby, thank you so much. Um, you are an inspiration to me, and I know many, many others. I hope that someday you'll join us again and, and update us on this situation. Hopefully, we'll we'll be in much better, a much better place uh, in our country. But um, yeah. thank you for what you're doing, and uh, God bless. Of course, thank you so much. We wanted to thank Abby for joining us on the show. If you have not watched the movie Unplanned, I encourage you to check it out on Amazon Prime Video or wherever you watch movies. We would also love for you to share this episode with your friends and family. We are very passionate about protecting the lives of the unborn. As Abby said, why do we punish the lives of the unborn child for something they had no part in doing? Please join us in praying as we read in 2 Chronicles 7:14 that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Well, behind the mic, Conversations of Hope will be taking a break as we prepare for a new season. We'll be back with more amazing guests sharing their inspiring stories in season four. So be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss a single episode. In the meantime, continue to share the show with your friends to help us keep growing. Hey, thanks again for joining us. And remember, if your life is grounded in Jesus, even in the darkest times, there is hope.